0: Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today, I want to talk about something that is not very popular. In fact, something that nobody really wants to talk about at all. And yet, at the same time, this is something that people, many of us, have had to deal with at some point in time in our life and that is suffering now there are different kinds of suffering I'll give you some examples a parent cares for a child or just the opposite an adult child cares for their elderly parent and it's a caring in which it demands 24 hour attention 7 days a week for weeks months maybe even years now that caregiver essentially sacrifices things in their life and gives up many things in their life in order to care for that sick family member. And so they suffer. Now, what's their motivation? Love, pure love for that family member. They're willing to endure all those sacrifices and all those opportunities that are lost and even suffer, yes, in order to care for that family member. Give you another example. A person is diagnosed with a disease that could be very debilitating or even cause death. And so they suffer. They suffer through painful treatments week after week, month after month, maybe even for years. And so they do suffer. What's their motivation? Hope. Hope that this treatment will somehow cure them or will essentially stop the progression of the disease so that it will not be so debilitating. They will still have an active life or even add years to their life. Now, there's another type of suffering, and Peter in the second reading addresses it. When you do something good and you suffer for that, someone intentionally hurts you and you've done nothing at all to them at all. In fact, you've been very kind to them, and yet they're intentionally cruel to you. And so you suffer for that. Peter, I think, addresses that in the second reading. And that's what I want to focus my homily on today. Now, Normally, I always focus on the gospel. But today is something that Peter touches on that I think resonates in so many of us right now. Peter is writing to our Christian church and its members who are suffering. Now, remember, the first three centuries of our church, we were persecuted. And so many of our Christians were persecuted and faced difficult times just for living out their faith. And so now Peter is addressing that. He's telling them, and now us, 2,000 years later, how to deal with our suffering in our adversity in life. Peter I would say offers a deeply Christian principle when it comes to suffering. Notice what he says, if you are patient when you suffer for doing what is good, this is a grace before God. If you suffer doing something bad, well, you could say that's just the law of karma. Say for example, you're obnoxious to someone. And they're obnoxious back to you. You could say, well, you're getting what you deserve. You're getting your own medicine. Just the opposite holds true. Sometimes you're kind and just to a person, and they are kind and just back to you. Well, again, that's the law of karma. You get what's coming to you. It's kind of a quid pro quo. And yet, Peter's addressing something that is more challenging. Peter is addressing Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Remember what Jesus says, If you love those who love you, what credit is that for you? Don't the pagans do as much? Peter, in this second reading, is following the teaching of Christ. When you do something good for a person, and the response from that person is negative, what do you do? Your kindness is answered with hatred. You treat a person that, with justice and charitability, and they basically treat you in a very unjust and uncharitable way in return. So what do we do when these things happen? Now, the first temptation is to answer in kind, to return the insult, to retaliate, to give them their same medicine. But Peter says in the second reading, no. Instead, he says, if you are patient when you suffer for, what, for doing what is good, this is a grace before God. Essentially, God recognizes your suffering, and he gives you the grace to endure it. Just like the Father gave Jesus the grace to endure his suffering in his passion, death, and resurrection. And so, someone hurts you. Even though you've done nothing to them, you've been nothing but kind to them, And they answer by being cruel to you. What do we really do? Well, we suffer, which is a grace before God. God blesses us in that suffering. And so it begs the question, how do we know it's a grace from God? Because that's how Jesus behaved. Listen, Peter, as he describes Jesus. For this we are called because Jesus suffered for you, leaving an example for you if you should follow in his footsteps. Essentially, Jesus embodied in his whole entire life exactly what he taught in the Sermon on the Mount. Remember what Jesus said, Love your enemies, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Well, that is what Jesus was all about, both in word and action. Now, why is this important teaching for us? Well, it's because it's an expression of God's love for us. Better yet, it is what God is. Now, remember that term love, when you hear that in sacred scripture, it's not a term of affection or an emotion. Essentially, love means an act of the will, to will the good of others. You want what is best for all people. And so what it means to love. And so, it begs the question, what's the best test of our love? When we can will the good of another, knowing fully well that person will not return the same. And worse yet, the person will return cruelty to you. See, then you can say, I'm not being kind and charitable to that person out of self-interest, expecting that same person to return that kindness back to me. No. We can say to ourselves, honestly, I will the best for this person, knowing fully well that that person will return nothing to me, may even continue to be cruel to me. See, that's the best test of our love. See, in doing this, it taps into people's hearts. So, suffering is a grace before God because it taps into who God is. And what God did for us. Now to help us understand this, Peter again describes Jesus. He says, He himself bore our sins in his body upon the cross so that we might live for righteousness. Jesus, he took on all the evil of this world. All the cruelty and all the sin of this world came at Jesus when he mounted the cross But he didn't respond in kind. He could have easily retaliated with all of his infinite and divine power. But instead, he answered with forgiveness and nonviolence. He suffered for doing good, but not to satisfy the will of the Father. No, but instead to take away the sins of the world. By opening up his love for us on the cross, you could say Jesus swallowed up evil. That was attacking him. And in doing so, we see Jesus truly is the source of grace, especially for us, as we too now suffer ourselves. See, I think this is what Peter is getting at. If we suffer for doing good, even living out our faith, it's a grace before God. God sees us and he blesses us and gives us the grace to endure that suffering. And so it begs the question, how do we respond when we suffer? When, it, when it, we suffer from doing good or even living out our faith, do we answer in kind? Do we re- retaliate an eye for an eye? Or do we follow the example of Jesus Christ? Do we bear it patiently and tap into God's divine love and grace? We realize God's divine love and grace is infinite. It's inexhaustible. See, that's why tapping into it changes us for the better. During this Easter season, think of the response of Jesus to those whom betrayed him or even denied him at his moment of truth, the apostles. Jesus is on the cross suffering, not just physically, but psychologically. He's dying on the cross for doing good. His whole life was about doing good, and yet he's met with extraordinary suffering. What was his response? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Look at Jesus when he appears to his apostles for the first time after his resurrection. Now, he legitimately has every right to be angry with his apostles They abandoned him in the garden. Peter denied him three times. He should be angry. But what is the very first word that he speaks to the apostles? Shalom, peace, I forgive you. If we can't suffer for doing good, doing the right thing, even living out our faith, we can't respond in kind or retaliate. We have to follow the example of Christ. Instead, respond with God's peace and grace. See, then we unleash a power within us that unites us to Jesus Christ in a most powerful way. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.